Welcome to Lake Mount Worship Center, connecting you to the life-changing presence of Jesus Christ. We hope that you are blessed and inspired by today's message. When Terminal 5 was opened at Heathrow International Airport, there was a lot of excitement. But it was soon overshadowed by customer complaints and disruptions to travel. The operations were a mess. The terminal itself was the fruit of 20 years of planning, and it cost 4.3 billion pounds to build it, roughly 7.2 billion Canadian dollars. Its staff underwent six months of training before it opened. But none of that could prevent Heathrow Terminal 5 from descending into chaos, even on its opening day. On that very day, the baggage system totally collapsed and thousands of passengers were forced to abandon their travel plans. British Airways was forced to cancel 34 flights in and out of that terminal. And so when the CEO of British Airways was questioned about these problems, he responded by saying that there was really no way for him to truly understand the frustration of his customers because if he tried to travel as they did, everyone in that airport terminal would recognize him as the CEO. His privilege gave him a superior, even if somewhat unrealistic experience of the airport that he had built. And he deemed that his experience and his prestige as a CEO would make it that he could not relate to the common traveler and the special treatment that he received. And television producer by the name of Stephen Lambert saw that interview on the news, kind of this out-of-touch CEO saying, I don't really know what the common people are experiencing, and I can't. Let them eat cake. <laughs> this... Television producer Stephen Lambert, when he saw this, he got an idea. What if CEOs and business executives disguised themselves, worked in their own companies? Would there be a benefit for corporations to experience the ground floor of the businesses that they lead by participating as an unrecognized new recruit? And thus the premise of the reality show, Undercover Boss. Anybody ever seen that show? It's a pretty compelling concept. It's the idea that a high up leader could gain insight into the inner workings of their business by being at the grassroots level of their company. It's somewhat a profound idea because at its root, that's a theological concept. As a congregation over these last four weeks, we've been taking time to reflect upon the advent, the notable arrival of a person or thing. We've been looking at the advent of the Christ, the most important person, the most notable event in all of human history. How do I know that? Even not theologically, I know that even just by looking at the calendar because the date that we live in is determined by the arrival of Jesus who split time in half. That every date on your calendar prophesies to a before and after incarnation. 
And Isaiah has been the primary voice that we've been listening to by the Spirit as we've been digging into this. And in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, he wrote this, Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. That scripture was quoted in one of the scriptures that Glad Reardon read for us. Wasn't it so great to see Glad this morning as she participated with us? We love you, Glad. Emmanuel literally means, in the Hebrew, it means God with us. Say that with me. God with us. Emmanuel. His name will be called Emmanuel. God with us. Now we know that his name is Jesus. But just like us, we have titles that become names. One of my names is Matt. One of my names is Dad. One of my names is Son, Brother, Pastor. Titles that become descriptors by which relationship is made. God with us. That's his name. Not God separate from us. God with us. God taking on flesh. The word incarnation. Taking on flesh. Coming to live where we live. Walk where we walk. Cry tears like we cried. Experience pain like we experience. Laugh like we laugh. The highs and lows of the human experience. Not God remote or removed from us. God with us. In the Bible we see the maker of the heavens and the earth. We're introduced bluntly and coldly in Genesis chapter 1. We're introduced with the immediacy and the certitude of God's existence in the very opening lines of the Bible. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. God creates and orders the universe and at the pinnacle of his handiwork, he sets man and woman as guardians of his creation. The man and woman, Adam and Eve, are given authority over the earth and they rule over it by God-given authority and God-given decree. And as we saw at the video at the very beginning of this service, the woman Eve was deceived by Satan and disobeyed God and she gave some of the fruit of her deception to her husband Adam and together they fell into sin and handed the authority over the earth to Satan. But as has already been read, John chapter 3 verse 16 says that God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son. How did he give him? Not God remote. God with us. Born of a virgin into a stable, not even a 
hospital or a bedroom. No room was found for him as the census was being carried out. No room in a hotel, no room in the inn, but in the animal stall behind a hotel, some back street of Bethlehem, God with us. For God so loved the world that he gave his one-of-a-kind son. That whoever would believe in him wouldn't die, but would have everlasting life. Life that doesn't end. Today we're drawn on this Christmas Eve, we're drawn to the baby born in the feeding trough of Bethlehem. The humility of God to take on flesh and to take on our experiences. Isaiah describes Jesus as a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. Not God removed from loss, pain, suffering. God with us. God incarnate. We've been singing about how worthy He is. And He is. Because God loved us so much that He didn't leave us in our mess and sin. But He stepped into it knowing the pain that would ensue. Knowing the grief that he would bear. Knowing that there was not another human being that has ever lived or that ever would live that could accomplish what only God could do by becoming human. To come and take on flesh and live perfectly, which none of us have ever been able to do. And in his perfection, Absorb the penalty for the imperfect ones. Me, you, and everyone else that has ever lived. To absorb the penalty and punishment for sin. Because God is holy, payment must be made. Is anyone worthy to take up such a task? He is. Therefore, he's worthy of our surrendered lives because he surrendered his life on our behalf to pay for our sin. At the close of Scripture, the apocalypse, or in English, the, the revelation, the revelation that John received on an island of exile for preaching the good news of Jesus, exiled and separated from the world, but separated unto God, received revelation wherein God showed him the outline of human history and God's plan of salvation throughout. And this stunning sentence in Revelation chapter 13, verse 8, says that Jesus was the Lamb of God slain from the foundations of the world. Just let that hit you this morning. Slain from the foundations of the earth, offered his life as the Lamb of God. 
from the foundations of the earth. In other words, God saw our failure before he made us. He saw the plight of our sin and our rebellion, the corruption of the beautiful world he made. He saw the ways that we would be harmed and the ways that we would harm one another. And yet, in perfect love, he arranged a rescue mission and a way of salvation even as he laid the foundations of the earth. Listen, God has no plan B. The cross and the incarnation was not an emergency measure of God trying to solve something, but from the foundations of the world. He saw you at creation. He saw you at the manger. He saw you at the cross. And that is resurrection. And he sees you here today. God with us. The undercover God. Emmanuel. His name is Jesus. Not only did he step into this world and split time in half some 2,000 years ago, but he steps into hearts and lives today by faith. And by his Holy Spirit, he takes up residence inside and renews the life of everyone who believes in him. The chaos of this world has met its maker. Let the chaos and the concern of your heart meet your maker. Here and now today. How? The presence of God that is so tangible in this room is not meant to be only a felt experience to step into a sanctuary such as this and then proceed from here thinking back as a memory of what this was like. But the presence of God in this room can become the present reality of every heart that yields to the message and the love of Jesus. That's the church of Jesus Christ. People who are not perfect. In fact, people who distinctly know that they're not and have had the humility to admit, I'm a sinner and I can't fix it. But I've met the one who can. I've met the one who paid the price for all of my sin and all of the sin of the whole world so that whoever, literally whoever, would believe in him wouldn't have to die separate from him and not just die a physical death. We're all going to die a physical death, but the second death. There's the hope of eternal life in Jesus that this life is not all there is. 
but that there's an openness to the kingdom of God through what Jesus came and opened up that we could actually live forever, which was our design, to live forever with him. And so we're saved. And we're brought into a relationship with God. How? It's so easy and so like God to make it so simple a child can access the kingdom of God. That if there's faith in the heart that what I'm saying this morning and what has been preached as scripture has been read and the songs have been sung, that if faith is the response in the heart of this is the truth, Jesus is God in the flesh come to save people like me. And then you move it from people like me and you personalize and say, me. He came from me. God with me. Yes, God with us. But my testimony is God with me. What do I do when that faith is stirred in my heart? A child can do it. I confess with my mouth what I believe in my heart. Jesus is Lord, and God has raised him from the dead. And I submit my life to his leadership. The Lord, or the boss, is no longer undercover to me, but he's been revealed. And I acknowledge him as the leader and Lord of my life. And that simple prayer is entrance into life eternal, security with God, and peace despite the chaos of life around us. No guarantee of an easier life, but the guarantee of His presence in the midst of this life. The man of sorrows is God with us, God with me. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you would like more information on who we are, visit our website at lakebound.ca or download our app for your mobile device.